good morning. That's a tough act to follow. Uh, I will apologize now for my voice. I am recovering from a cold, and so it has been a, it's kind of a rough go, but it'll be okay. So uh, I want to wish you a Merry Christmas from all of us at West Meadows and our family. I also want to give you one joyful piece of news before we dive into our sermon. Um, for those of you who have been around for a while, you know that uh, we're working towards a renovation on our children's wing. And uh, last week, uh, we were told that uh, we don't need to do a development permit because they decided they're going to honor the one we did in 2014. And uh, so we are immediately going to, last Friday, we immediately went to um, building permit stage. So uh, we might have a couple more drawings we need to do, but then we'll be ready to rock and roll in January, start tearing some walls down and doing some great things. So continue to pray for that. We're excited for that renovation coming up. See, many of you wore a lovely Christmas sweater like I did. Some people call them ugly. Some of us enjoy them. Um, in this Advent season, we've really been going through this series of God with us. And just to give you a quick recap of what we've looked at is in Isaiah 9, 6. We talked about this. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given. The government shall call upon his shoulder, his name shall be the wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, and prince of peace. In the previous weeks, we've gone through wonderful counselor and mighty God, and today we're going to talk about what everlasting father means. And how we're going to do that, we're going to break that down. When you think of the word father, you probably often think of your earthly father. And that person often is seen, whether it's in television or movies, as the kind of provider or one of the providers, the protector of you, um, and always showing love even when you might not deserve it. But that's not the picture everybody gets of their father. For some of us, it, or for some people, you may have that picture where your dad did provide, you had a protector, you had someone who lavished love. For others, it might be that a father was absent or unable to fulfill one of those roles. However, I should remember, there you go. Um, you do have a heavenly father who does fulfill these roles of protection, provision, and love that's everlasting. But here's the challenge we're going to run into and to keep in mind this morning is that when you think about fathers, you can't compare your earthly father and your heavenly father. They do not equate. You know, your, your earthly father is temporal. He's your father while you're here on earth and for as long as he lives. But the heavenly father is everlasting. And so the caution here this morning is to not view your heavenly father through the lens of your earthly father and vice versa. So we take that word father and we think of the word everlasting. And what does that mean? Everlasting means forever, eternal. But there's an important point here that it's not just today and it's not just forward, it's in the past. It, it's continuum. So you have this everlasting father that's been there forever, that's eternal. Your heavenly father wants what's best for you he wants to provide and protect and love you in ways only a heavenly father can. So let's look at a few ways that looks like. 
What does a provision and protection by your heavenly father look like? Well, it comes from Deuteronomy 31.6, which says, Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of, because of them. For the Lord your God will go with you. He will never leave you or forsake you. So God here is talking about the Israelites. And as Moses is talking, they're getting ready to cross the Jordan River. At this point, Moses is about 120 years old. And he's handing off leadership to Joshua to lead them. But before, he wants them to remember, the Lord their God, the Father, is with them. God the Father is with them, will protect and provide for them. He encourages them to be strong and courageous. They will face enemies, and he will never leave them. You might be saying this morning, well, that's nice. Why would they trust this? Well, they trust it because if we look back at the life of Moses and we think of what God did in his life, there was a point where the Israelites were in battle and Moses was to raise his arms to stop or defeat the enemy. So with the help of Aaron and her, God had his arms lifted up in battle. He protected them. Then crossing the Red Sea, the Israelites ran out of food. God told Moses that it would rain down bread and quail, which it did. He provided for their needs. He protected them. Think of that for a moment, that your heavenly Father, God, wants to protect you, wants to love you, wants to provide for you. You might be asking today, does Father God really do that? Do I have a heavenly Father that would provide for me and protect me that is everlasting? My answer to you would be yes. Think about a time in your life this morning when God might have shown up. Maybe there was a car wreck where you were able to walk away from. Or maybe it was a need that was met in your life or someone you know. For me, personally, it is often my kids. The hardest moments are when you're at your weakest, when God is at his strongest. For example, uh, my son Jackson um, has asthma. Um, he got it for me. I'm bad gene that way. Um, but when he was about five years old, I think, or maybe four, we were here in Edmonton. We had never really gone through the healthcare system with him before. And every year he seemed to just have some sort of asthma issue. And I remember going through this process with him, and God continually reminds me of this story because it is a time where it was only he could, who could provide and protect. So we get to the stallery after some transfers and all that kind of stuff, and the doctor and I are sitting in this room, and it's like 11 o'clock or midnight. He's on this monitor. I'm looking at it. And I say to the doctor, I said, you know, he needs to be admitted. He needs to go upstairs. And she goes, no, he'll be fine. In half an hour, we'll let him go home. I said, no, you won't. And I realize I'm not a doctor, but as a dad who has gone through this enough times in his life with his son, I know what medicine he needs. I know where he needs to be. So I took that moment and I just prayed. And I told God, I said, I need you to protect him, to provide for him in this moment. Through this period as well, Kelsey and I were praying about a pediatrician. We hadn't had good success with one in town. 
and especially with Jackson's issues, we wanted to make sure that uh, we were covered. So half an hour later, the doctor comes in and says, yep, he's going upstairs. We're putting him in isolation, he can't see any other kids, we're doing all this other stuff. Which I was glad and thankful that God answered that. So Jackson is there a couple days, he's feeling better. One of the doctors comes in and says, would he like to play kind of patient for my students? And I said, of course he would. He loves those kind of things. So him and Dr. Deneu schemed up some scheme that had nothing to do with the illness Jackson had, and they, people come in and he'd say his tummy hurts and all this stuff, and they're supposed to be diagnosing asthma. And, you know, it was a lot of fun. But after that day, he came to us and said, do you have a pediatrician? And we said, no, we're kind of looking for one. And uh, he goes, I don't do this because I don't take new patients, but I will take him. And since he has been in his care, he has not had a relapse in the hospital. And so for us, we see God's provision and protection in that story. So we do believe that God does provide and protect today. The other one that has hit our family the deepest, a lot of you know that uh, about a year and a half ago, we lost a child. Um, our child was stillborn, Ethan. And the only way Kelsey and I walked through that was because we knew God had this situation. It was the only way we made it through the last year and a half, through the tears, through the anguish, through everything. God provides and protects. One point to learn here, though, is that he might not protect as you think. I didn't think we'd get a pediatrician in the hospital. I also didn't know that we would lose a son. But I know his presence and I know his goodness has it taken care of. So you might be asking this morning, why did he do it? Why would God care to protect us? It's because he first loved us. In 1 John 4.19, we see, we love because he first loved us. As a father, I can love my kids and want what's best for them. I can protect and provide for them. But the love that I provide is no amount to the love God provides you. God the Father has great love for you and I. We see in 1 John 3.1, that God wants you to be his child. He wants to lavish love. It says, see what great love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God and that we are. That love, that agape love, that unconditional, other-centered, loving you deeply to the core love means we are children when we have a relationship with him. He loved us first, he acted first. We're also children of God, which we see in the second part of this verse. The reason the world does not know us is that it did not know him. As children of God, you are different. If you have a relationship with God through Jesus this morning, you have this opportunity to be called his children, and you are. In John 1, 12, but as many received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God, to those who believe in his name. 
Because the greatest example of love and God with us is found in probably the most quotable verse at every major sporting event known to man, right? Is for God so loved the world that he gave his only one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. God loved you so much that he was willing to place Jesus fully human, fully God on this earth. That you could experience this fatherly love that maybe you got from your earthly father and maybe you didn't. That you can have this eternal relationship that isn't just for eternity, but it's also for the here and now. It's for your Christmas season. It's for your daily life. It's for how you walk. It's hard sometimes for me to clearly get a picture of something without seeing it, visualizing it. So today, uh, there's a video I want to show you that just really encapsulates this love of Jesus. It's not easy being a parent. There's this balance I find myself constantly trying to find. When Emily came along, there was really this new sense of purpose that came from learning to put her needs above my own. When I think about this first Christmas as being a father, I think about what is the best gift that I can get my daughter in a way that she would understand it. When we were six months pregnant, I was told that your baby can hear your voice inside the womb. So I started reading to her, singing songs, just talking to her throughout the day. And when she was born, I remember being across the room from her and hearing her cry and just the fear in her voice. Uh, the nurses were trying to calm her down, but uh, she just continued to cry. So um, I went over to her and I looked at her and I just said her name. I just said Emily. And immediately she stopped. She looked up at me and she recognized my voice. It was, it was incredible. And then it struck me. The greatest thing that I can give is not a thing. The greatest gift I can give my children is me. Sacrificially, wholeheartedly, the gift of life. There's this realization, isn't that what Christmas is all about? God, a loving Father, giving himself to his children so we can live. So as we think about this God with us, this heavenly Father, this everlasting Father, love is a choice. God chose to show you love and send Jesus. God chose to love you first. The question is, will you let him love provide and protect for you today? Some of you might have a relationship with God through Jesus 
Um, you have an ever, uh, heavenly father. If you are here and you don't, you can have that relationship with him. The Christmas story is what it's about. If you are here and you do have a heavenly father relationship, are you doing your own thing? His father is your heavenly father, your savior, your provider, your counselor, your protector, your authority, your king, and your first love. This Christmas, the greatest opportunity we have is to either receive or thank our heavenly father for what he has done. Thank him for the protection, the love, and the provision that he has provided. So as we close, I want to spend a few minutes praying. So if you bow your heads with me as we spend some time thanking God for Christmas and for Jesus. Lord, we come before you this morning as uh, in awe. As we celebrate Christmas and this birth of your son, who will become our savior, Lord. That we can have a heavenly father that is eternal, Lord, that you love us, God, so much. And that you will hug us and be part of us. And that we can walk with you. Lord, we just pray for, for your wisdom and life on this journey we're on. May we direct our steps with your steps. May we love life.